With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in. We are live with you. Getting you ready for week 17 in the National Football League. Yahoo edition. Myself, more importantly, Terry's in the house. Tyler is producing. Hit that thumbs up button if you're hanging with us. We don't ask much, as you know. And we want you to be subscribed to all three platforms that we have here on this gigantic, awesome mothership. Terry, happy new year. Happy new year to Tyler as well, though. You know, he's already checked out now that he got us on the air. He's doing his own thing, buying some sort of coin. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Happy new year to you, too, pal. It's been a uh, been a fun 2021 of DFS action and everything. But uh, I don't know about you. I'm ready to move on to 2022. You know, 2020 was a mess. 2021's kind of flown by, kind of messy. I'm hoping for better things this year. What about you? Well, I'm for me, yes. I think as long as we're moving in an upward trajectory, and it would be nice to win uh, a Millie Maker here or there. So I'm not <laughs> going to complain work. if that happens, right? I'll just settle for like a three leg parlay at this point, heading into the bowl season <laughs> that we're in this uh, final NFL stretch. But uh, look, I, I feel like as well that this was a pretty big year. For and you mentioned DFS for betting for what we've done here on all three really awesome channels. Pretty good year for TV as well. Now the movies took a hit yeah. clearly with COVID and all, but great year. What was the best thing, new and old? Let's space it out because we have an hour. We're going to talk about some Yahoo stuff right away. What was the best new thing that Terry McBride watched in 2021? Interesting. Well, we've talked a few different times about the uh, the new reboot, the new uh, concluding season of the Dexter saga, or maybe it'll be the, the start of something brand new if they go forward with it. So I'm still really enjoying that. Um, I'm really enjoying Yellow Jackets on Showtime as well. That's a that's a crazy, wild, uh, strange show. And the thing that really stands out to me specifically about it is I watched the first episode. And if people aren't familiar, it's uh, flashback takes place half in the 90s, half in current day. And it's about this girl's soccer team. They crash in the mountains on their plane and they struggle to survive. And then the survivors in present day have their own thing going on. A lot of drama. What I found out about watching this show that flashes back to high school days in the 90s after I saw the first episode, the credits pop up. And I recognize the name of the showrunner, the creator of the show. It's a guy that I went to high school with. Wow. So all the 90s scenes I'm taking is like a direct commentary on me and people that I went to high school right. with. Right. So it's if you know where that show goes, it's kind of interesting to look through through that prism. So that's been a lot of fun. Oh, man. I bet you there's an Easter egg or two in there. I'm sure. Reference, right? Of your old school or like the old diner or whatever it may be down the street that people would come, whatever it is, right? I'm yeah. sure there's an Easter egg or two. There's all sorts of little threads like that. And then just like the personality types, you know? Oh yeah. There's, it's not necessarily like, oh, this is definitely that person, 
Yep. But it's, oh, we all knew that girl in high school, you know, the popular girl who still plays sports or, you know, the nerdy Trump. girl who's a uh, hanger right. on it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, That's amazing. Man. All right, I'll give you mine in a couple of minutes. I do want to thread what we're doing here for week 17. We've got 14 games all on Sunday to look at here with this Yahoo slate and, you know, really up through what we have without Sunday night, Monday night, just kind of getting these 14 games. So we'll look at the quarterbacks first and foremost. I am interested to hear your thoughts on a guy who's right below Josh Allen combined with Brady as the two pay up options outside of Allen. I'm actually pretty down on Hertz this week as as a DFS option, not because I don't think that he can do what he has been able to do, run the football, but the Eagles running game is pretty depleted. And my concern in this game, Terry, is that Hertz will be throwing a lot more than he has been recently. And that actually could be a detriment to his fantasy numbers. Not necessarily that he's not going to be out there winning a football game, but so much of this is based off of his legs opening things up. They may be at one and a half backs behind him. $40. I don't know how much you were rushing to get to Hertz. So in looking at the price, looking at the ownership and our top stacks, it's an interesting situation because there are reasons to expect that, you know, that that might be the case. The ball's going to be in the air a little bit more. Um, and it's got, it's got them down to a 2.4% probability on Yahoo of being the top stack. That ranks, uh, I'm not counting them, but it looks about 10th, 8th to 10th, somewhere in there. It's technically positively leveraged in that situation because his ownership is at rock bottom. It's on a 0.6% ownership because of that price tag and probably because of that expectation. If we look at our game script adjusted numbers, it's actually leaning toward the game script adjusted is saying that we're going to be running the ball a little bit more. 54% on the rush is the second highest, third highest, excuse me, uh, rush game script um, that uh, on the board this week in our game script adjusted, 45.8% on the pass. I think a lot of that would lean into the idea of Hurts himself running. Yeah. So maybe we do see him actually just pick up and start running the ball, even on design pass plays, and then just a few additional calls for design runs for the quarterback. So maybe it does actually have a little bit of sneaky value from that perspective. It kind of stood out to me just for you know player talent, quarterback who can do those kinds of things with no ownership on him. That always pops up for me. I don't love the price. If he was at like 35, I'd be way more inclined to, to jump all over it. But a quarterback, 740 yards on the season, 10 rushing touchdowns, 5.6 yards per rushing attempt. That's nothing to ignore for a quarterback in terms of the talent. And then if we expect that they're going to be throwing the ball by virtue of the lack of running backs, and he's potentially going to be rushing the ball a little bit more than normal. I don't know. That kind of leans into like a, a game script that maybe we take a few additional shares more than the field. It's easy enough to double up a 0.6 ownership. If you right. go to like five, you're doing, you're sitting pretty on your shares. You're well out ahead of the field. So it's not, uh, it's not off the board for me. Yeah. And to be fair to your point, I don't think that this is a tank that, that, you know, you're screwing yourself out there. If you're getting to Hertz, it's just, uh, I think a bigger risk, on the surface this week than not. But to your point about the numbers that back up the game flow here very easily because the Eagles have done it so successfully. If you were looking at another payup option, not necessarily a pivot, a cheaper option, and I would even have the cutoff at maybe Murray, right? Mm -hmm. Herbert, Stafford in that range, I still think, I mean, we're saving seven, $8. So maybe it is Stafford against that brutal Ravens pass defense. You have Brady at $40 here. 
Jets, you know, the blowout factor is clearly in effect. I don't know what you make of Allen. Again, it's $1 more than Hertz or Brady being the number one guy to pay up for. And then there's Mahomes, right? Then there's Maud right there with Cincinnati with a total at 51 that I think a lot of people wind aside expect to go over. So maybe that's the pivot where you're saving four to five dollars with Mahomes. Yeah, I, I, you got to love the idea of saving money on getting to Pat Mahomes in basically any situation, <laughs> right? $36 can't be ignored on that discount for sure. That makes a ton of sense. 8% ownership share. It's not a massive ownership number. We've got him coming up more frequently as the top stack in our top stacks tool. So there's a nice 5.0 leverage score on that one. He's coming up 13.8% of the time in the top stack. I really like that. I like the idea that that game's going to shoot out. We saw how lethal Cincinnati's passing game could be. Uh, Joe Burrow finished, what was it, fourth all-time in single-game passing yards the last time out with 500 and change passing yards in that game. So just a monster performance out of them. So there's every reason to expect that that game can shoot out. It's one of the higher totals on the board at 51, uh, and it's a reasonably close point spread at 5.5. We've got some monster point spreads on the board this week too, and some of them involve some of these expensive quarterbacks. So that's something to keep an eye on, like Brady, $40 is in a game where they're favored by 13 against the Jets. If they like the Jets up by 40 points, it's not yes. going to surprise anybody, right? Josh no. Allen going up against Atlanta, they're favored by 14 and a half. I don't really tend to sweat, particularly with quarterbacks, things like the uh, the blowout narrative, but you could certainly see either one of those teams taking their foot off the gas in terms of the passing game if they're well up. So Mahomes, maybe without having to worry about that aspect, does gain value there. So I love the $36 price. And then Brady and Allen are right there for me at the $40 and $41 price tag. And that's the thing I didn't get into with Hertz. At that price, that's the other thing to consider. There is opportunity cost there because you've got Tom Brady on the board at his price uh, at the same number coming in with a uh, slate leading 19% probability of being in the top stack on Yahoo. And he's only owned 1.8% of the time. That's bananas. So that's a massive leverage score at 17.2. So there's big opportunity cost by going to Hertz over, uh, over Brady, over Allen. But I think it is viable there. All right, so let's look at one guy in that mid-range that you're going to get to, and then we can start to get to some lower-cost quarterbacks that either the field is on that you like or maybe somebody, again, like Hertz we talked about, that has super low roster shift that you want to take advantage of being overweight to the field on a lower cost. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm talking about like the Davis Mills type realm there with the $20, $21 and less. But staying in that realm, and, and the one guy – that I wanted to bring up specifically, but I also want you to kind of direct it where you're looking at kind of in that low 30s to maybe high 20s. There aren't a ton of guys to choose from. Don't get me wrong. But Burrow is kind of just underneath what we talked about. If you like the shootout element in that game, maybe you look at $32. Again, it would be another pivot away from even Mahomes there. But maybe there's somebody else that you're looking at from maybe the Derek Carr, even Heineke 24 range up. Yeah, there's a range of eight quarterbacks that are projected between 20 and a half where Hertz is and 18.1 uh, where Joe Burrow is. Okay. And then it drops a little bit. And we don't, you don't need to necessarily nitpick on the median projections, right? But it is a good way to look at these pricing scales. So at the top with that 20.69 projection is Hertz at 40. Then it's uh, Kyler Murray at 35. And a range of guys in the low 30s and high 20s from there. You've got Taysom Hill is in there. Lamar's in there. He might not play. It looks like he's not going to play. But you can probably plug in the uh, the backup uh, 
I think he was $28 into that same spot, similar kind of a projection. Stafford is in there and Burrow is in there. They're the two bottom at 18.36, 18.10. At $33 and $32, I think those are my two go-tos for that question. I really like the opportunity to get to the passing volume, get to the talent on either one of those guys. Uh, and I think there's good reason to do it. On the Burrow side of things, the game script adjusted passing percentage, 61.1% yeah. for Cincinnati. So it's got a heavy passing lean in that game. One of the higher marks on the, on the, of the week. Uh, and it's a pace up spot, 54.7 on the average pace for Cincinnati up to a 61.6 in our pace numbers, uh, game script adjusted today. Uh, Stafford kind of right there with how he would normally look, but going up against a defense that allows 7.8 yards per passing attempt, the worst mark on the board in Baltimore. So I like either one of those guys for a big day. And I think they're maybe getting slept on only 1% and change ownership on both of those guys for pretty affordable prices. Is this the week that you rush to get to a little Russ on the way out the farewell tour the, the say goodbye to Seattle game? Terry, <laughs> I, I'm hoping it's a say goodbye to Seattle and maybe say hello to uh, Big Blue next year. Don't kind you of a game. dare do That's... that. Don't you dare <laughs> speak that into existence. Not in my division, please. <laughs> hey, everybody else in the division gets a decent or good quarterback. Why can't I have one? Daniel Jones yeah. beat the Eagles this year. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's one of his one of his few wins for the season. Yeah, I have I have no issues going to uh, to Russ. I like the I like the passing game from Wilson and uh, you know the uh, the talent that he's got in terms of the skill players he throws the ball to. So I have no real issues uh, ever going to him. And uh, yeah, I think he uh, if he gets himself into a uh, better situation, maybe it'll be an interesting end of his career there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know you want him to go to the Giants there. Anybody else that that you want to hit on the bottom end? You know, again. Zach Wilson, right? We expect the Jets to throw a ton. So I don't know if there's any pathway there where, you know, look, we're talking about not just one lineup here. If you're playing a bunch of lineups on Yahoo, then we want you to take advantage of what Terry's breaking down from not only the guys at the top that you would be rushing to get to, but countering the field, especially taking a risk or two. And you do have a couple of guys, you know, I would stay away from Mills more so with that matchup than maybe, as mentioned, you know, Sam Darnold, not Sam Darnold, pardon me, of Jets in my mind, not Sam Darnold, but Zach Wilson. At least there's an opportunity to throw. Speaking of your guys, Nick Foles, you know, maybe there's a pathway there to throw. Giants pass defense, to be fair, has not been as bad as as everything else, though. So I don't Mac Jones. I don't know if there's somebody that you're looking at that's like now in that low 20s to real like real cheap that is worth a punt option here to counter the field. Yeah, I Trey think Mac is I think Mac is the answer there. Mac okay. is really interesting here. 6.6% uh, ownership, 3.5% top stack. So it's a little bit negatively leveraged, but he's 23 bucks. And I like some of their receivers. They tend to go under owned. They're going up against the Jacksonville defense that yields 7.2 yards per pass attempt, one of the higher marks on the board. It's roughly an even number in terms of the uh, game script adjusted rush versus pass. It's 48.7 on the rush, 51.3 on the pass. So it's not the heaviest passing volume, but they're favored by a lot. You figure if they're going to be doing anything uh, to get ahead, get well ahead in that game, he's going to be involved. He's going to be probably throwing a couple touchdown passes. So I don't mind that one at 23 bucks. I think you can get different enough elsewhere, and it's not like it's an egregious amount of ownership on him. So I'm fine with that just based on what it, what else it can uh, help you get to in building 
building that lineup out. You'd get a cheap run back play from the other side. You don't even necessarily need a run back play from the Jacksonville side. So I think there are ways to go where you could end up on unique-ish kind of lineup constructions by going that route. It's not my favorite overall out of all these situations, but I think there is value in going to the New England passing game a little bit there. The other guy that you mentioned, Trey Lance, $20.00. He's coming up as the highest owned quarterback of the week. So we need to talk about that. (laughs) Let's do Um, it. I purposely wanted to end on that note so you can take your time on them. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. From a leverage perspective, I from a, uh, from a cost perspective, I get it, right? $20, very, very low salary. You can do interesting things with that build. The unfortunate part of the situation is he's a 3.3% probability of being the top stack. That places them, uh, you know, eighth, ninth, somewhere in here. Uh, Their owned, his ownership is currently sitting at about 25%. So about a quarter of the lineups in the tournament are going to have him in them, 24.4 to be accurate. It's a negative 21.1% leverage situation. It is massively negatively leveraged. That's one of the worst leverage situations I remember all season. I don't love the idea of going to that. It's a situation where our game script adjusted numbers have it as only a 44.2% passing volume, the lowest possible passing volume on the slate. They're going up against a defense that does allow 7.3 yards per pass attempt. They also allow 4.7 yards per rush attempt, both among the highest marks. Uh, The rush attempt is the highest mark on the board. So is San Francisco going to really, really lean into the pass with Trey Lance here to the point where he's going to be out throwing and outscoring some of these other guys by enough? that it's going to make up that difference. Like, would I rather have Matt Stafford at 33, Joe Burrow at 32, even Mac Jones at 23? I think there's just more more value, more opportunity in the passing game than Trey Lance at the 20. I'll take some shares just based on the value, based on the cost, but I don't think I want to be near that 25% mark. I'd rather be around 10. We're going to get to the wideouts and, and go back to the QBs, talking about stacks in a sec, but you know we have to get to the running backs before that. Just a quick little note on that. I would rather take a risk with, and he's not even as highly rostered as I thought. I thought the ownership would be much higher than 3.6% for Debo, but even Debo to a lesser extent, I like I'd rather take the risk on the receiver talent there than having it be the quarterback. Because I know if there's limited passing, even Debo is going to get the rushing, which kind of separates him. So that does that make sense though, from the surface where if I'm going to take a risk in this offense in the air, it should be Debo Ayuk, and then to your point, probably a distant third at Lance. Well, Kittle's yeah, always going to be there. Don't get me wrong, but I've just meant like from a receiver standpoint. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying, and I totally agree with that. And the other thing to consider there too is when you're going to Lance, 
if you want to stack, I mean, most frequently we're going to be looking at Debo as the stacking option. Well, Debo costs 37 on this slate. So he's one of the most expensive wide receivers. So going to, uh, going to the quarterback, going to Lance, and then stacking Debo on top of him, you're kind of just buying back that savings with by, by virtue of playing Debo, where you can play Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, let's say, for 68 total versus the uh, 57 total that you would play if Trey Lance and Debo Samuel. Well, I'd much rather have Tom Brady and, and Antonio Brown and figure out ways to get different. I'm already different on my quarterback share. Remember how positively leveraged the Brady situation was. So I just think we're, we're, you know, it's not the savings that it seems to be if you're building that lineup correctly and you're going to the top receiver. You can, of course, make that very different by going to one of the secondary or tertiary receivers on that team in your stack. But then you're already just you're going to Trey Lance, a, a less than likely quarterback, and now you're putting him paired with his less than likely receiving options. Right. It gets really thin really fast. So that's not necessarily the saving spot that it might even seem like on the surface. Okay, let's hit the running backs here. And I asked Terry at the start of the show because we we're looking back at 2021, moving on to 2022, what the best thing he saw was on new show that he saw on, on TV this year. I'm going to give a shout, although it's not for the reason, the popular reason, because everybody fell in love with Kate Winslet's Southeast Pennsylvania accent in Mayor of Easttown. But if you watch that show, sorry, my chip spills everywhere here. If you watch that show, it's one of the best written, just character development, like actual human to human drama, like the actual conversations felt like you were looking and watching it, real people dealing with real shit, which is really hard, as you know, as a movie buff, you know how hard it is to translate like all the actions. There was one action scene in the entire series. Like it was it was OK as a police drama. But as far as just a person to person drama, I was blown away at how easy I haven't seen writing like that since The Wire. And, and I don't mean even mean to be hyperbolic on that. Yeah, no, that was that was a really, really well written show. I like that they're kind of they just did it. It was it's an encapsulated thing. It's not one of those ones where, hey, it was a hit. So now it's not just one season. We're going to make it into yep. a series or whatever. They did it. They knocked it out as an encapsulated thing. And yeah, to your point, it was a really good just human drama as opposed to, you know, maybe some people go in wanting the big mystery, the cop show and everything. And that's all in there. That's good. But what they really executed well was just scene to scene, the, the dialogue, the characters, the development, capturing just the the feel and the vibe of a lot of that uh, southeast Pennsylvania area, the, you know, SEPA <laughs> down there, uh, down through the Delmarva Peninsula and all of that. And the, uh, the you know, the people you encounter and the uh, just the differences in, uh, you know, socioeconomic settings and all of that stuff. Really, really well done series and uh, must have must have been written by people from that area. I would have to think. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you have the heavy Wawa influence, you know, <laughs> um, like Jonathan Taylor, a lot of people we, we talked about this months ago, as far as, you know, the, the viability of him winning the MVP, a couple of big games. I, I know some of this depends on Carson Wentz with COVID and all, but really Jonathan Taylor is going to stand out amongst any running back slate, no matter who's out there, no matter how many games we have. Let's just start there. Forty two dollars is clearly the payup option. Raiders defense, not much to write home about. This seems like a pretty good matchup no matter who the quarterback is. I have basically no problems going to Taylor in any situation at this point. Uh, it's just kind of a plug-and-play option. Median projection-wise, we've got him projected for three full fantasy points more than the next highest option on the board. And that next highest option is David Montgomery, followed by Sonny Michel. Like, it's just a confidence level thing at this point with Jonathan yeah. Taylor. I would just so much rather, if I'm paying 40-some-odd dollars for anybody on this slate, 
I'm just kind of confident that that's the dude to do it for here. Uh, we're also looking at an offense where we've got it projected as a even-ish kind of a uh, um, a game flow, 46.8% game script adjusted rush percentage, 53.2 on the pass. Going up against an opponent allowing 4.2 yards per rush attempt. Not the worst defense in the world, but certainly not the top defense on the board here either. So, And he doesn't need a weak defense to go up against, let's be honest. So I really like that opportunity for him. Middling kind of a total, 44.5 on the board, not the highest, not the lowest as well competitive-ish kind of a point spread. So I think there's plenty of reason to go to Jonathan Taylor here where you can afford him. And I think there are plenty of values to help us get there. It seems like he's probably going to be under-owned as well, 11.4% just for his overall talent acumen. That's good reason to pay up for him. A lot of these other running backs and the cheaper running backs are going off at much higher ownership percentages. So if I can get different by playing the best overall player on the board, I think I'm happy to do that. You know, I'm just looking right now to kind of move to that number two guy, right? To pivot away from either cost or ownership as a whole. And there's going to be a break or two, right? Eckler, you're saving $8, but you're still spending 34. And then you're in those high 20s. While there may be an argument for Eckler and Mixon, and I'm curious to hear what they are by all means, you start to go down, go down. I mean, Mixon, we talked about that being more maybe of a passing game between those two teams. Kamara, clearly the receptions and the value of him being a receiver has dipped significantly. DeAndre Swift back definitely helps. $28. I don't know if you're willing to take that risk. James Conner, Eli Mitchell, both of these guys come in questionable. Sony Michelle, interesting by all means, going up against Ravens rush defense, clearly better than their past defense. And then all of a sudden we get to David Montgomery at $25 against the team that the hat that you're wearing right now, Terry. And I'm thinking maybe that's the best number two option outside of Taylor. I tell you what, I think that combo is going to be in a bunch of lineups. People are either going to go Taylor Montgomery or try and get cheap on both running back spots. Maybe go with uh, some Sony Michelle and some and some David Montgomery. Maybe a couple of the other guys around it. Montgomery does stand out. He's that next highest projected guy. It's him and Sony Michelle in the 17s. Then it dips into the 15s for a couple guys, and it it falls off the edge pretty quickly in terms of the median projection here. But when you're getting to David Montgomery, even at $25 with 40% of the field on him. That's a little bit challenging, even against my lowly Giants. You mentioned the pass defense is pretty good for the Giants. The rush defense, not so much. 4.4 yards per rush attempt on the season. We've got it slated for a 51% rush uh, share in the game script adjusted rushing attempts. It's a really low total, 37 point total in this game. So it makes a ton of sense that he's going to see the volume. He saw 28 touches last week. He averages 20.1 touches. There's, there's plenty for him to do on the field. He's involved in the passing game for them. So there's no reason to doubt it. The only thing that I don't like about it is the ownership weight. So it's a spot where I'll have some shares, but if I approach that level of the field's ownership, I'd probably be pretty surprised. I think I'd be looking to undercut the field on the Montgomery shares, still get to a good amount of them. I ran a crunch across like a thousand lineups. He came up, I had, he hit the ownership cap. I set a 65% ownership cap at running back and he hit it. So that's how frequently he comes up. So it's going to be an anti-optimizer type play too, to get to, to try and work on getting different from the Montgomery plays. And I think there are spots to do it. We've got Sony Michelle sitting there at 26. I mentioned virtually the same projection and half the ownership. So that's kind of an interesting pivot. We've got um, guys like Kamara for two bucks more or three bucks more at 16% ownership for a guy that you mentioned, another low total, another script that heavily favors the rushing game. I mentioned the 51% on Montgomery. Kamara's in a game with a 54.3%. Eli Mitchell, 
uh, at $26 in that San Francisco game. Great pivot away from the Trey Lance shares. If you're going away from the passing game, maybe you grab some Mitchell at 26 bucks in a 55.8% game script adjusted rushing game. So there are opportunities to roster other running backs, not name Montgomery and get away from that weight. All right, let's, let's look at that then. Let's, let's get a little lower. You know, it's a shame, right? Because if this were jock market where you could go in the game, I'd say, wait, wait, and pound the hell out of Ronald Jones when the Bucks are up by 20, 25 points. I don't know how risky that, granted, without Fournette, I understand that there's a pathway. Real quick, thanks to Sammy T for the super chat. Wish you all the best up there in Buffalo. Anybody who has money on the bills or me who is hoping that Singletary can make up for some injured running backs in my championship against Neil in the awesome OC league, we're all rooting for the bills in some capacity here. But <laughs> point being is, you know, Ronald Jones on the surface, you would think, all right, there's a pathway there, but still there, there's some risk. Where do you start to look? It's not often that we would have guys like, you know, Zeke and, you know, even your guy a little bit lower on this from a cost standpoint, although the seasons have reflected that. So I don't know if you start to look at maybe that low 20 Antonio Gibson out. We already know McKissick situation. Maybe that opens up something with Washington a little deeper. Where are you trying to find more value for a return on a cheaper back? Yeah, I tell you, when I was running crunches, uh, we didn't have that Gibson news just yet. That broke like an hour and change ago, I think. And uh, he was still in the player pool. So he was coming up a ton uh, at $20. I, I liked that spot at $20 in low ownership. But uh, yeah, off the board now. So I think some of that probably will funnel into a few of these lower on guys. A guy who was coming up a lot in that ugly Jets offense was Michael Carter for 17 bucks. We've seen him get massive volume in certain spots in the uh, in the passing game. We're seeing that as a very pass oriented game for uh, for the Jets as they try and desperately try and keep up uh, with Tampa Bay, at least for the first half. And then they'll probably just give up. But uh, I don't love going to the Jets here. I don't love going to the Michael Carter spot, but I can see it for 17 bucks. There's like 12% ownership on him, though. I would rather go to a guy who I think is a talented running back who hasn't broken through so far this season, really, at $16, my guy, Saquon Barkley, yeah. with 7% ownership, basically half the ownership that Carter's getting for a dollar less. $16. I think that's an interesting spot to attack. Yeah, right? If, if I said at the beginning of the right season... There. Right, right. If I said that at the beginning of the season, that just seems like a smash spot. He's just not come through really, but you're talking about a situation where we're going from a, if we're going uh, the straight Carter to uh, Saquon comparison there for a dollar less, we're jumping up from a 36.4% uh, rush attack to a 43.5. We're jumping up against a defense that, uh, that allows 4.4 yards per rushing attempt versus a 4.2. It's a minor difference, but it's a bit of a difference. So I think there's reason to make that kind of a pivot. I wouldn't have an issue if you wanted to say that that pivot should be to, um, well, I would actually, I was going to say Josh Jacobs at 18, but he's pulling like 25% ownership. So I like that play. I think it makes a ton of sense, but I don't like it with the ownership there. So I think I would look to Saquon. And then I think the, uh, the Zeke play at $23 is also yeah. very interesting. Just on talent alone uh, at 10% ownership. I think Zeke is better than that, regardless of what he's shown us for the season and going up against Arizona four and a half yards per rushing attempt uh, given up by Arizona this season. I think there's meat on the bone there for Zeke in one of the more highly total games of the year. Or, right, real, of the week, rather. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, real quick, before we hit the stacks and start looking at the wideouts, two guys that I'm a little concerned about, and I'd be cautious dipping into the Boston Scott pool. And really, like Scott and Williams, um, 
No, I'll, I'll keep it there. I was going to say Williams. Still, yeah, Kansas City, Williams, Philadelphia, Scott. Really, with KC, I, I think people are going to, oh, no Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, somebody's going to have to Andy Reid may run the ball nine times in that game, even if they're up by 20 points. So, again, it's not always a factor that would uh, warrant whether or not you're going to roster a guy. I get that. And then the other one is Boston. Scott, I was going to throw your way, Terry, because, again, this seems like a simple, oh, right, the Eagles, they may have one and a half, depending on how limited Kenny Gainwell is. Jordan Howard may sit. Miles Sanders already out. So Boston, Scott, he's got to get it. The biggest vulture in the game, especially with Lamar banged up, is now Jalen Hurts on the goal line. So I don't even know if you can trust Scott in that scenario paying off. And then there's Williams in Kansas City where they may not run enough to warrant even a $21 cost. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, and that becomes the concern, uh, particularly with Scott. You mentioned uh, I, I just have that, uh, yeah, that same inkling that if they're going to run the ball in, man, is that probably going to be Jalen Hurts doing it if they're inside, you know, the ten, inside the fifteen, something like that? Maybe Scott gets one, but he'd probably have to break one from a little bit further out. We do have the game script adjusted uh, rush numbers that do look good for the rushing side of that one, and he's only sixteen bucks at only two percent ownership. So the combination of the cost, the idea that they're going to be running the ball and somebody's got to handle it uh, and the very low ownership. I'm somewhat intrigued by Boston Scott. If I came in twice the field, three times the field on 6% ownership, you know, 10% or less, I'm fine with doing that. I do think it's an interesting value-based pivot point. The Darrell Williams one is very interesting at $21, 1.4% ownership. The thing I do like there, you mentioned it's going to be most likely a very pass-oriented game. He is a running back who does get involved in the passing attack. For the season, in his usual role, uh, he averages 3.3 targets a game. It's been over the last four games, he had one game where he got one. The other three, he got three each. He had a nine-target game in Week 10. He had a six-target game in Week 8 with uh, Edwards-Alaire also out. So, And Edwards-Alaire was in for these most recent four that I mentioned where he was only getting three. So there is reasonable expectation for some targets there for him. So with nobody else on him, I don't mind going to that one. It's a $21 play though. And we've got them projected for seven and change fantasy points. So you're kind of paying up to get out on a limb there in terms of our median projection. Um, definitely going to need him to get in the end zone, probably through the air on one of those. I don't love it, but I think I'd be able to, I'd be willing to throw a few darts at just at that low ownership. If I'm looking at, uh, you know, if you're considering like a Jacobs at uh, $18, 24% ownership or one of those other plays we were talking about, Michael Carter at uh, $17, 12% ownership. Maybe you pivot down, pay up a little bit, pivot down in the ownership and take a little bit of a risk with Williams there, but certainly not my favorite plays of the week. All right, let's get back to the stack talk here. We'll move to the wideouts. If you're hanging with us, we appreciate you. Hope you have a happy, healthy, safe new year. Hit that thumbs up button, please. Make sure you're subscribed. We're here for you. We're giving you all of the information. A lot of this stuff that Terry is pulling from on site isn't free. So we're not asking for you to drop a $5 or $10 super chat. We're just asking you to hit that thumbs up button. That's going to do us wonders. And of course, make sure you're subscribed here. And speaking of one of those tools, the top stacks tool that we constantly reference here, Terry referencing that as well. 
we always love leverage, right? That's what we want to find. We want to find leverage. I don't know how often we've had this, but due to cost or maybe concern about who's out there, Bucks right there at the top, not only the top stack, but the top leverage stack as well. So you referenced Antonio Brown getting to Brady Brown. Let's start there with the Bucks and really what areas or pathways, if it's Brown and only Brown or anywhere else you can look at, even if it's a two wide receiver or maybe it's a Brown Gronk type stack that you're running with uh, Brady. Yeah, so I mean, I'll have all different options in this uh, Tampa Bay passing game and I'll get to it early and I'll get to it often. I think that's just, it's a mistake by the field, leaving them that under-owned in terms of uh, this matchup, in terms of what we're seeing in the game script adjusted. Still a 46-point total with them favored by 13. They're going to do some scoring here against the Jets. And we know that they're not shy about throwing the ball into the end zone even when they're ahead. So I have no issues going to this passing game. I believe that Mike Evans was just activated from the COVID list. We've got him at $23 here. I think that he's playing. Do you have that? Uh, yes, he is playing. Yeah. So uh, assuming that we've got Evans well, on the well, field. Well, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was activated, right? Yes. Officially removed from the COVID list. Yeah. He still had the Q tag, but he is removed from the COVID list. So I can't imagine that he doesn't play. I, I just want to clarify. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So my expectation coming in, I saw that news right before we jumped on that he had been activated from the list. My expectation is he's going to be a go and a full go. So him at $23, I think is a definite bargain. We don't have an ownership number on it. I would expect to have him pull a lot of ownership at that price. I'm happy to take shares of him. I'm happy to take shares of him and Antonio Brown in the same lineup. Uh, I run a, a fat stack. I'm happy to take one or the other in a skinny stack. I think there is still room for Tyler Johnson shares in there. $10 for Tyler Johnson is a value price. With Evans back, most of the volume is going to go through Brown, Evans, and Gronk. But there would still be the opportunity for him to catch an oddball pass, and nobody is going to be including him in rosters. So if you need a cheapo dart throw in a large field tournament, I have no issues adding him to that list as well. Um, maybe those those targets go to Brashad Perriman, who's a $13 option, but we had him pegged for a zero projection coming into this. So I don't expect that to change. Keep an eye on the projections. Keep an eye on where the news goes. But if he carries a projection into this slate at $10, I'm, I'm perfectly fine going to that. So any one of these options, just with that much leverage on the stack. I want to make a lot of different combinations of Tampa stacks and uh, don't necessarily think we need a Jets run back play on. Uh, on <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not suggesting that by all means. <laughs> that short. All right. The other leverage double digit percentage that we're getting currently right now, and it makes sense, of course, because a Stafford, that Rams offense, and then also the Ravens pass defense, 11% leverage on a pretty good top stack percentage as well. Cooper, I feel like there are two ways to go, right? It's you're taking Stafford and Cup, and maybe if you're looking at somebody else to partner, then that's fine if you're going to run the two wide receiver stack. Or if you're not going to run Cup at all, you kind of maybe stack up on two other guys. So it's an ODB and maybe a Van Jefferson type stack where you're taking advantage of not Cup, basically everybody else, right? It's got to be one of those two, I would think, more so than not. Absolutely. I think that's a, a good way to look at it there. If you can figure out a way to build a lineup that's got Stafford Cup and Odell, Stafford Cup uh, and uh, the tight end, something like that, then you know that that's great. I feel like you're putting a lot of salary weight into this lineup if you're doing that. Right. Um, they're going up against the weakest pass defense on the board in the Ravens. They've got a great run D and they've got a really bad pass defense this year. Uh, so I mentioned it before, 7.8 yards per pass attempt. Um, so they're yielding plenty. It's a pacey kind of a game. 64.4 in our pace metrics is one of the higher paced games 
games of the of the day. Uh, 46 and a half point total. There's reason to believe that these guys can pay off again. And we've seen Cooper Cup just pay off time and time again, regardless of where his salary is or what's going on. He has just been the dynamite DFS asset all year long. So I have no issues going with the quarterback, stacking him with him. Uh, maybe grab a cheap run back play from the Baltimore side of things. Although again, with a backup uh, quarterback in there, I don't know that we need one necessarily. So that's how I'd be kind of looking at that. I do really like the idea of Odell at a $20 buy or even Van Jefferson at a $15 buy. I think there's upside for both of those guys individually as plays. I think there's upside to put the juniors together in a lineup and just take a, you know, go contrarian with your stack. You're already getting a very positively leveraged stack and now you're building a different version of it than everybody else. You know, they're at a quarter of the ownership than, uh, than what Cooper Cup is at. So take some differentiated shots with building that lineup. It gets you very different in terms of cost, gets you different in terms of the ownership and the way that people are building that. You can do better things with the other spots in your lineup. So I like approaching that Rams uh, offense, but that's another one that I definitely want to have a lot of shares of. All right, let's look at this game kind of as a whole, right? Chiefs on one end, and we'll look at the Bengals here because these guys are definitely going to be interesting as far as not only if you're getting to how much you're getting to the both of these stacks, but also the variance in who you're getting to, especially on Kansas City, right? You're going to have Hill at $29, which I guess on the surface seems a little cheap for this position. Look at the guys ahead of him, only $2 more for Diggs, but even Debo and all the way up to Cup, I get. But you also have, if it's Pringle, if it's Hardman, an opportunity to go a little bit different here and save a ton of money. And then on the flip side, we'll talk about Cincinnati because all three of those guys from Chase at 29 through Higgins at 24 to maybe, and I would probably stay away from him. But again, depending on the field and your interest, Tyler Boyd at $18. Yeah, and look, we talked about the value of getting to a discounted $36 Pat Mahomes at 8.8% ownership. Now let's talk about getting to Pat Mahomes discounted at $36, 8.8% ownership combined with Byron Pringle for $15 and 2% ownership. Pringle saw seven targets last week. I know that Tyreek Hill was banged up. He only saw two targets, but there's been volume for Byron Pringle in this offense. So I don't want to sleep on combining him and using him in some of these stacks. I like the idea of getting to him. I will definitely have shares of Tyreek Hill stacked with Pat Mahomes. It's obvious that you want to go to that again and again. It's a superstar player who averages 9.7 targets per game. But again, coming in banged up last time out, he saw a limitation in the amount that they went to him. No Travis Kelsey in this game leads you to believe that the wide receivers are going to be seeing an uptick in volume again, regardless of of anything else. Or excuse me, Kelsey is back in this one. So scratch that. He just appeared in a different part of my sheet here. So Kelsey back on the field for this one. Um, So he will soak up some of those shares. Um, So maybe that does take a little bit off the Pringle play, but I like him as at least a solid number two in terms of the wideouts, certainly better than getting Nicole Hardman. Um, But you do have Kelsey functioning in there as a, as a big uh, target sponge for some of this offense. So apologies. And I had to clean that one up there real quick on the other side of the ball. I do like getting to this Cincinnati offense. And I mentioned it going into last week. One thing that I like about this Cincinnati offense is I think all three of these guys are talented wideouts and you can get them every single week at kind of a spectrum of prices. You can go to the pay up guy in uh, Jamar chase at 20, Nine, but T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd both see some volume. Uh, Boyd saw five targets last week. He averages 5.9. Higgins saw 13 last week, averages 8.1. This week for 24, Higgins is going to be the most highly owned receiver on this team. You can get Jamar Chase at 5% ownership for $29. I like going to that again and again. So I'd probably end up with more Chase and Boyd than I end up with Higgins from this game, but I'll have shares of all three. All right. So the other thing I, I was looking at really quick here, 
is this Eagles game. And there's still some positive leverage for an Eagles stack. I get, and we'll talk about the tight ends in a minute here. Dallas Goddard rightfully shows, pardon me, rightfully so should. You see it's a lot of S's in there and then the SH <laughs> should be highly targeted. And I understand that, especially in this matchup. But the run back element in this game, I think, is highly appealing to where you're getting Devontae Smith, the big play capability with Hertz, and you're running back Terry McLaurin in a situation where we know Tyler Heineke has no no other uh, choice but to heavily target McLaurin. So those are the two obvious ones. Yeah, you've got a couple of other Eagles guys, but as much and Ben Rossa will tell you, I'm more down on Rager than anybody on this entire channel platform. Ten dollars for a dude who still gets heavily targeted three and then four last week seems hard to at least ignore if you were running a second wide receiver stack with Philadelphia, Terry, or simply looking to pivot away from Devontae. Yeah, we mentioned it. You know, we talked about the quarterback, the low ownership there. It's a pricey play. But if you're leaning into that, expecting them to be passing the ball a little bit more, taking the upside of the quarterback, potentially running one in, that's got to be considered here. That's going to be a part of our stack, too, if we're looking to that. So I don't actually don't mind these Philly receivers. Uh, 21 for Devontae Smith with everything that he does on the field, I think is a nice price. Seven targets last week, averages 6.3. Again, going up against the defense that allows 7.5 yards per pass attempt. Certainly plenty for them to do out on the field and only 5.6% ownership on Smith, the most highly owned guy for only 21 bucks. Then you talk about Quez Watkins. You talk about Rager. I agree. $12 and $10 respectively, 1.2% owned, 0.7% owned. That's pretty easy to exceed the public's ownership without really damaging too many of your stacks if it doesn't connect. So I'd be happy to take in, in shares of in lineups where I'm getting to Hertz shares, I'm happy to take out shares of Watkins, take out shares of Jalen Rieger, in addition to my Smith and uh, and Dallas Goddard shares. So yeah, I think any any combination of those guys works pretty well, and they help you build out other things in that lineup. Gets you to a Jonathan Taylor at the running back position because they're so cheap. Um, I agree. I think it would be McLaurin kind of all day for me in terms of the run back spot from this team, although. Maybe there's a tiny bit of room for sneaky $10 Adam Humphreys that we yes. nobody ever likes getting to. And we talked about him last week and six targets last week. He averages 3.9. There's a little bit of volume there. It's no, it's nobody's idea of an exciting play, but for $10, that could be a differentiator at 1% ownership. So I would leave a little bit of room for a few Humphreys shares if I'm building a bunch of hurt stacks as well. I love it that you brought up specifically Adam Humphreys because this was a conversation on the Odd Shopper betting show yesterday regarding this specific game about player props. And I think the same applies here. And look, this is more of a nuke option, right? For DFS, where it's a long shot, where you're building a lot of lineups and you're looking at countering the field. But all of a sudden, the one wide out QB stack of Heineke and Humphreys starts to make sense. If you look at what the Eagles are going to do, which is take Darius Slay, copy and paste him on top of Terry McLaurin all day, which should leave a weakened Eagles secondary minus Slay open for somebody out there. And to your point, it's way more likely that it's Adam Humphreys than anybody else. If this is a high scoring game, I would not be shocked at all if Adam Humphreys is the leading receiver for Washington. Yeah, it wouldn't be a total surprise. And just looking at the last few weeks, uh, six targets each of the last two, seven targets a week before that, five targets a week before that in week 13. So the volume has been there. Like I said, it's it's an interesting-ish play for the dead minimum. I have no issues going to it. Um, and particularly where I'm going to this game, 
And I might actually honestly keep them in mind as just, hey, I need, I've only got $10 left yeah. in this Pat Mahomes lineup that I built and I need a receiver who's going to see a little bit of volume. That's not a terrible spot. So I kind of I kind of like grabbing some uh, additional shares of a disliked Adam Humphreys. He's again, he's nobody's idea of a standout play, but <laughs> somebody who that's kind of what we need sometimes to access the top of DFS standings. So I don't hate that one. Yeah, I'd make a reference at the bar. Like somebody's got to take him home, but yeah, we'll keep it moving. Is there <laughs> is there anybody else at this position, either maybe even with a negative leverage when it looks at the top stack combined with ownership that you're interested in, or Somebody on that lower end doesn't have to be $10 like Adam Humphreys, but somebody in that cheaper range that you know you're going to get to if you have to fill 10, 15, maybe even upwards to 18, $19 on a final wide receiver slot that you actually like a lot. So just in looking, I just I had it sorted alphabetically, so I've got all the receivers next to one another from each team. And I'm just looking through some of the ownership, some of the projections. All of the Arizona wide receivers are $16 or less. Christian Kirk for 16, drawing 9.6% ownership. I'm somewhat intrigued by that because we're seeing it as it's one of the more highly total games at 51. We're seeing that go from their average pace number of 65 up to a 70.2 in our game script adjusted pace. We're seeing that jump from a 38.9, excuse me, we're seeing a 38.9% uh, game script adjusted rush share versus a 61.1 pass share. A lot of opportunity in the passing game on the Arizona side. I know it hasn't been a gangbuster spot recently, but I like the Christian Kirk spot there for cheap. AJ Green with only 2.6% ownership for 15 bucks, I think is interesting. I think you probably even get away with Rondale Moore for $14 and 1% uh, ownership there. So mm -hmm. I'd probably be looking for at a game where I expect them to be passing. I expect a high score them against Dallas here. Uh, and we didn't talk about Dak Prescott, who was coming up uh, quite a bit in my uh, crunch in, at the quarterback spot as well. So I'd be interested in the Dallas side of the ball. And I think that in, you know, in any kind of a lineup construction, be it in a stack as a run back or just as an independent wideout, I wouldn't be sleeping on all those receivers in the mid-teens. It hasn't been a lighted up kind of a spot, but it's kind of interesting where they fall price-wise. And I'd rather be looking at some of those guys versus like, you know, do I would I want to go back to Carolina here with uh, yeah. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore at $13 and $18 respectively? Not overly excited about that. There's the Chicago guys in the teens. I'm just looking for comparable spots in the teens. Maybe the Denver guys, Jerry Judy for $13 and That's no terrible. ownership is somewhat intriguing, but they're going up Metcalf? against... Sorry, I, I didn't mean to jump no, in. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. It's a yeah, conversation, I, man. Jump in. <laughs> I know, but we talked about this with the running back spot. And look, he's coming off the foot injury. I get it. He's limited on Thursday. We'll see Friday and everything. He's trending towards playing through foot uh, foot injury. I get that. But this seems like a similar point you made about Zeke and even to a lesser extent, Saquon, where you have a talent like DK who's at $19. It's just hard to ignore that. Yeah, anytime we can get to a cheap a guy who we just expect is more talented than what we're showing price-wise, I'm happy to go to it. For some reason, the Seattle game came off of my board here, so I'm not seeing them next to one another. Either that or it's abbreviated, strangely. I've got San Francisco. Like I said, I put it alphabetical, but I'm not seeing those guys on this list here for some reason. But uh, yeah, anytime. So maybe I have it. Say again? Are you on the top stacks or... No, I, I'm looking, oh, that's own. on my own dashboard where oh, I pull our projections oh, across. So maybe I did something funky there. The The thing that would concern me is where they're listed in our top stacks tool, right? As yep. They're way toward the bottom in terms of the probability of being a top stack. And they've got 
no real weight in terms of ownership going to them. So you don't really have to contend with other people are going to be rostering this like you would with some of the chalkier stacks or even some of the ones drawing like medium weight. If you want to go to it, I have no issues going to it. And like you said, he's underpriced for his talent, for what we know is in that receiver. So I'm fine with going to him in the teens. He's a 20 some odd dollar player to me. So I'm just always happy to make those decisions um, in terms of a talent, even without it on my board. I can say that I like that price. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right, let's hit the tight end spot. And again, these links below here for you. So after you hit that thumbs up button, we appreciate you hanging with us. I know that it's technically the holiday weekend. I don't know anybody outside of people in sports and like the medical community, you know, essential people. And we are not right by any means, but essential <laughs> workers to our country and people in sports that are working today. Right. Everybody else, I think, has found a way to take off. So if you're one of the 59, 60 or plus people hanging with us, we truly appreciate you. By all means, hit that thumbs up button and make sure you're subscribed as well. Look, those links below saw that we had the promo code up Xmas 100 $100 deposit bonus on top of the 10 free dollars on top of one free month of awesome plus platinum free. If you're new to Yahoo, we have a ton. All right, we'll run through this. We have the tight ends and then the defense to kind of note on our way out. It's more the same here. You're going to, you mentioned Kelsey is back. So you've got the three at the top, Mark Andrews, who is really the highest cost guy on Yahoo at $34. You save $2 with Kittle, but you deal with the quarterback situation. Kelsey, all of a sudden at $31 seems appealing, but Gronk at 23. And then also I mentioned Dallas Goddard at 22. This guy should be heavily targeted in the final two weeks of the season. $22. I know he comes off a low four target game, but I would think, you know, five to seven targets is definitely reasonable, even as a floor in this Washington game. So he becomes appealing at 22, Terry. Yeah, absolutely. I like Goddard. Um, it's interesting because it's $22 versus some of the other guys we've got on the board, like Gronk at 23, when I ran the crunch was just soaking up way, way more ownership. And that's reflected in our ownership projections. Gronk at 23 projected for 17.8%, the heaviest tight end ownership. Dallas Goddard projected in the median uh, fantasy score projection, two points behind Gronk for a dollar less at $22, projected for only 4.4% ownership. So that's just kind of an anti-optimizer play, a pivot that I think we can make. If we're thinking back to how we've talked about that game, limitations on the running backs, a rushing-oriented quarterback who can throw the ball, certainly, but might be looking to run the ball in when they're inside the 15-yard line, inside the 10. Well, if he gets hung up there, who's he going to look for as a safety valve who might be in the end zone? It's going to be his tight end. And at $22, Dallas Goddard, we've seen the talent in terms of his ability to come down with the ball in the red zone. I like that a lot. Four targets last week, averaging 4.9, 759 yards, 11 yards per, pe for, per target on the season. That's the leading yards per target mark by a pretty wide margin in terms of yardage production among tight ends on the board this week. Four touchdowns on the year. I like getting to that a lot for $22 when the public's not going to be there. So I think that's really interesting. By a similar token, you can pay up to be contrarian with any of Kelsey, Mark Andrews, or George Kittle. And then if you want to ride along with the field on reasonably cheap guys, you've got Gronk, who I love in this situation. We mentioned all the reasons to go to the Tampa passing attack. They're under-owned. He's a little bit over-owned, but you can kind of offset it in, in terms of putting it all together. Um, and then a very chalky Zach Ertz is the only guy in that Arizona passing attack that I mentioned liking the wide receivers for. Maybe that's where we get a little bit different. Instead of going to Ertz, who comes up like crazy in the optimizer, maybe we look to the wideouts there in Arizona and make that pivot. But he does look very, very good for fifteen or for $17. 
Is there anybody low end, you know, Gerald Everett at $15, Gasicki maybe at 15, uh, Dalton Schultz could be interesting depending on how you see the game flow there at $14 and, and even down to a guy like Cole Komet. Again, we talked about that matchup against the Giants. I don't know how much you'd be rushing to any of these lower cost guys, but is there anybody that would jump out at maybe that I'll let you throw in a Ricky Seals Jones or Noah Fant if you like. I didn't want to cut off those two. So, yeah, I mean, we're getting uh, Foster Moreau back uh, again for uh, Vegas here, I believe. Yep. So 14 bucks for him. We've got him currently targeted at 1.4% ownership. I expect that'll trickle up a little bit over time, but with him coming in at the same price as Dalton Schultz, I feel like a lot more people are going to be clicking on Dalton Schultz in that opportunity. They're, you know, put those guys next to each other. Who's the public going to click on? So he's pulling in 12.8% ownership. Even if Foster Moreau ticks up into like the 5% range, I think that's a decent little pivot if you're at a $14 tight end spot. But by the same token, if you've got a dollar extra to spend, Mike Gesicki sitting there at 15 bucks in his usual role. I have no issues going to him. I like that a lot at 0.6% ownership. Any of these tight ends who have a role in their offense and are cheap, I'm happy to get to in these situations. A guy I've been kind of waiting on the big game from all season long, only three touchdowns on the season, Tyler Higby for $19. It's a bit more expensive than those other guys, but 0.1% ownership, nobody going to Tyler Higby in a game where, again, going up against a defense that's yielding 7.8 yards per uh, pass attempt. I think there's opportunity there for Higby as well. So I like getting to him. Any of these under-owned tight ends, we're essentially touchdown hunting a lot of the time with tight ends. We mentioned some of these guys can rack up yardage and you're paying up for those guys and you're usually eating chalk on the ownership for those guys. If you're considering tight end a touchdown hunt, then it mm-hmm. makes sense to pay down and just start looking at some of these under-owned players. So I like getting into that range. Um, you can take shots on guys like Jared Cook for 12 bucks. CJ Uzoma uh-huh. certainly at $13. I think CJ is a little bit interesting there in the heavy passing game. So there's, shot, there's definitely shots to take at tight end here. All right, let's wind down here with a defense or two that you like to get to here. And you can pretty much have your pick here. The spend up options across the board, the Pats, the Bills, Saints jump out a lot at $20 because of the matchup against Carolina. But one or two defenses that you think you're going to get to the most. Yeah, so defense for me, I just put it into the wash, and whatever comes out the other side, I tend to uh, I tend to roll with <laughs> as long strategy. as it's not egregiously over-owned. We've got everybody like 11% owned or, or lower, so I'm fine taking shares of whatever I get, really. Those 11% owned defenses are the Bears and the Chargers, which I think makes some sense given the pricing and the uh, the expectation there. At the top of the board, projection-wise, we've got the Bucks, and they're only 9% owned, and I think that just makes a hell of a lot of sense considering wow. the matchup. Like, even if you're thinking, oh, they're going to be throwing their get off the field. The defense is going to have to play more against the team that's throwing. It's still the Jets. Let's just take that. Let's just not overthink this one and kind of go to that matchup and go there again and again. So I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, The Saints are highly ranked in terms of uh, our projections, and they're only drawing half the ownership of any of these other teams that are ranked that high. So I think that makes some sense to look at as well, just kind of offset the ownership. And the same could be argued about the Bills and only 1.3% popularity. So if I'm not going to just the obvious highly projected spots where it just uh, you know uh, where it's just based on going up against a bad matchup a bad team like the Jets then I'm happy to just take shots the Bills going up against Atlanta I'm not really scared I've taken enough shots on Atlanta stacks this year to know to not be scared of their offense mm-hmm. so I'm happy to go with the Bills defense there 
I love it. All right, brother. Have a happy, healthy new year. I know you'll be locked in like we all are going to be watching tons of sports. You have no nobody has any reason to get off their couch. I, I told people earlier they have a moral obligation to tell their household not to be bothered for the next 36 to 48 hours. You've got college, the NFL, NBA behind you. There's tons of stuff to do. Make sure you're on Yahoo because they have every single sport possible for you at yep. Digital B21 at Shander Show for me. Thanks to Tyler as well. Terry, it's been a pleasure, man. I feel like I got spoiled with you this week. Yeah, a lot of shows. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, hopefully we keep on uh, keep on rolling, getting to do these together. But it's been a blast. Happy New Year to you too, bud. And uh, Happy New Year to everybody out there. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Absolutely. Appreciate all of you hanging with us as well. If you'd like, hit that thumbs up button, please, on your way out. And again, enjoy your new year. Make it a happy, healthy, safe one. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Next week. 